This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID, the smart choice for MDL implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant and UL certified for all transaction modes. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to AnvaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the Anva community. Now celebrating our 90th anniversary. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone. This week, I am pleased to welcome a first-time guest, Chief Superintendent Holly Turton from the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Holly, welcome to our Amphicast. Thank you. Now, I introduce you as Chief Superintendent. More specifically, you are the Chief Executive Law Enforcement RCMP Officer in British Columbia. Well, for the uh, highway patrol there, yes. Yes, yes. So that, the world that, yes, of highway safety that we're, we're, we're focused on here. Um, we've had previous guests talk a little bit about that role of RCMP. Um, in British Columbia and in many Canadian provinces, there might be a local metropolitan, municipal law enforcement unit, but as a province overall, RCMP fulfills that role. There's no... British Columbia police, so to speak. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so uh, in the province of BC, we have what we call the BC Highway Patrol. And uh, so that is the highway um, portion of those provincial resources that the RCMP provides. So I think for listeners, what sometimes from the perspective of the states, they don't appreciate that RCMP is both a federal law enforcement agency and very much plays the equivalency of, say, a state police agency here in the U.S. Yeah, the RCMP is kind of a strange um, organization um, when we compare it to law enforcement in the U.S. We operate similar to the FBI or mm-hmm. DEA or ATF, but we also do that state level. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some places, we actually do municipal policing as well. So oh, it wow. depends on the contract that we are involved in and the position that we're in. Yeah. Throughout my career, I have been a municipal police um, officer, I have been provincial, and I have been federal, um, all while being an RCMP officer. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so in the role that you're in now, though, it's probably most equivalent of a state police, state highway patrol focused on on the road safety, on the road highway enforcement. Is that would that be an accurate summary? That's exactly right. Yeah, and I imagine as you talk to colleagues both in other parts of Canada and the U.S., the highway safety challenges are common. They are very similar. Yeah, the great part of the AMVA meetings is that we get together with our law enforcement uh, partners from across our region. And when we start talking, it is incredible the similarities. Our policing environments might be a little different, different legislation, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. But really, at the basis, we have the same road safety issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have the same issues with resourcing and um, those challenges. So it's quite interesting to see the similarities. Speed, impairment, lack of buckling up. 100%. Uh, And increasingly distracted driving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd put under the umbrella of impairment. You know, a, yes. ty- a type of impairment, right? Being distracted, I would imagine. But yeah, that's uh, fair. yes, yeah, um, and all sorts of distraction, not just the device distractions, all the distractions in the vehicle. But that's not why I want you to come on today to talk about highway safety, though. It's always a, a passion of I know both of ours. One of the other commonalities that I think we've discovered is within the law enforcement world, really in all professions these days, but we'll talk about how it affects law enforcement, recruitment and retention. It is a constant conversation everywhere we go, both on the DMV side, the law enforcement side, the IT side, finding and keeping good professionals in these jobs. Absolutely, it's a challenge. And when we've had the law enforcement roundtables, 
everybody talks about the challenges that we're facing. Mm -hmm. And we've been talking about some of the uh, novel and inventive ways yes. that uh, we are trying to surmount those challenges. And you've done one quite novel in BC that I think really is different than a lot of other people have done because you've, you've embraced uh, reality TV. We have. I, we, well, it kind of fell into our laps, okay. in fairness. So uh, there's a reality show, and uh, it's a Canadian documentary TV uh, series called Highway Through Hell. And it follows the operations of a heavy vehicle rescue and recovery towing company. Um, and the show focuses on the hardships of operating along the highways in the interior of British Columbia's highways. Mm. Um, these highways are built at high elevations um, and are subject to extreme weather changes um, that happen very quickly. And um, while we had... Uh, a minimal role in this show, which has now been on for 12 seasons. It started oh, in wow. 2012. Um, what we decided last year was that we wanted to be a little more uh, involved with them to be able to use that platform to talk about road safety, but also to see if we could use that as a recruiting tool. Mm -hmm. So um, we did a bunch of filming with them last year. So, how, so did they reach out to you or did you reach out to them? How did it start? Well, we had a bit of a relationship. So we would be on some of their, when they would go uh, and film some of the, the, um, the collisions that were happening in those areas uh, in the past, they would, uh, we would be caught kind of at the filming site, not caught, but our officers would be on camera, but we weren't really sitting down and discussing with them what we were doing and talking about what BC Highway Patrol was. Mm -hmm. So last year we approached them and said, listen, we'd like to try and take more, take greater advantage of your platform to reach the public. Mm -hmm. And so we set about um, and we uh, did a bunch of different filming with them. So we did a bunch of different episodes with them. We did uh, a slow down and move over enforcement campaign, uh, ensuring that when people were passing emergency vehicles, they were slowing down, moving over to give uh, police or workers on the side of the road enough uh, room to do their work safely. Um, and um, uh, and they filmed the actual enforcement that we were doing, and then they used that to create um, a portion in one of their episodes talking about the importance of slow down and move over. So it wasn't that you staged anything to show slow down and move over. You just said, hey, we're gonna go out and do some enforcement on this particular piece. Let's go see what we find. Absolutely, and um, that one was uh, really effective because uh, we were doing the slow down and move over campaign. We had somebody pulled over and somebody came up and rear-ended another vehicle right beside us. And we were saying, oh that's exactly what right, we're yeah, talking about yeah. is that people don't pay attention and it puts people at risk. So yeah. um, ended up being a really great clip on one of their episodes. Okay. Uh, we also did one on drive relative to conditions. So obviously mm. we have winter conditions in Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They can be incredibly so that, yeah. treacherous. And what we find is that drivers will not infrequently uh, drive with bald summer tires and be ill-prepared, they don't have windshield washer fluid, they don't have scrapers, they don't have, um, you know, provisions with them in case they get stuck in winter conditions. So, so that's really surprising because I think in the States we probably have this stereotype that if anybody knows how to be prepared for that type of weather, Canadians are born into knowing how to deal with winter. You would think that most Canadians would be, but uh, we find uh, not infrequently that they are not. So we held a road check and uh, we actually handed out 
uh, windshield washer fluid, mm -hmm. snow scrapers, mm -hmm. and did checks on snow tires to make sure that you know people were prepared. We had conversations with about having that survival kit with you yeah. when you're in these locations. It, I, it was very, very successful. So some of that filming went into one of the episodes. Okay. Okay. Um, we also did a day in the life with one of our officers. And so he had a GoPro with him uh, for mm. the Highway Through Hell film crew. Mm -hmm. And they went and spent a day with him and then interviewed him afterwards and wow. talked about what it was like to be a BC Highway Patrol yeah. officer and work in some of these conditions and do the work and why they do, why he does the work that he does and his passion for road safety. Mm. So, uh, and then finally, um, they interviewed me and I talked a little bit about the work that we do, why we do it. And those will also be part of other episodes throughout the season. So, you know, it's... Have your clips aired yet? Yes. Uh, yes. I, and I know that they've aired because occasionally I get messages from some people. Hey, saw you on TV. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Um, so we can all go online and look these up. Can we find them on uh, YouTube? Can we find them on the, is it a, what channel in, in Canada carries this, this it's, program? It's on Discovery Channel, but oh, they are okay. also streamed online. And if you go to uh, ctv.ca and uh, look for Highway Through Hell, all yeah. the episodes from season 12 are there to be oh, able neat. to be viewed. Neat, neat, neat. Yeah. So as you're doing this and you're, you're having the back of your head, this is a way to raise the profile of what we do. It could get people interested in perhaps coming to join us. How do you, obviously it's out there, it's being aired, but then how do you as an agency use that as a tool to recruit? Well, Highway Through Hell has been fantastic to deal with. Yeah. Uh, they've been an excellent partner. So what they actually did is they um, held photo shoots for the police officers who are um, profiled in the various mm. episodes. Mm -hmm. And they put together posters for us and postcards. And we have uh, adapted those to put recruiting information on the back. And when we go to motorcycle shows, car shows, air shows, mm -hmm. uh, job fairs, um, where we are talking about joining the RCMP, um, and by extension, BC Highway Patrol. Right. Um, we're handing out the postcards, so people are seeing them, um, and, um, and and the posters as well. So it's really about you know creating some profile and saying you know these are the kind of jobs that are available, mm -hmm. and uh, so it's a new you know, foray into this realm for us. So, yep. you know, I guess, you know, time will tell how effective it, it, it is, sure. but based on the number of people who are contacting me saying, hey, we saw you on TV, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the comments uh, too around the road safety messaging that is being um, conveyed through these episodes. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I think we're going to see some, some really reasonable success out of that. So, but you're feeling the buzz, you're feeling the difference. You get any calls from your colleagues in other parts of Canada who are, maybe watching this and maybe have positive or like, what do you think it going on TV kind of reactions? I have actually, I was posted in Newfoundland for three years and I had some people from Newfoundland reach out and say, Hey, you're famous. I saw you on TV. <laughs> uh, great job. And, uh, the, the thing that I resent, uh, uh, repeatedly hear from people is that they are really impressed that it's such a great platform for us to talk about doing the right thing mm -hmm. on the road. Mm -hmm. And that this is a, you know, road safety is a shared responsibility while police officers can go out and enforce. And we do, yep and we can educate it's really about making sure that the motorists are taking responsibility and make sure that they're not driving while impaired distracted right. you know that they're buckling up that they're ready for road conditions uh, that could change 
Um, and so it's a great opportunity for us to be able to get that out there. And I have to say the Highway Through Hell film crews yeah. are fantastic to deal with. Mm. Um, they really do understand the sensitivities of the fact that they could be at a collision where somebody is, has mm. been very yeah. badly injured sure. or has lost their lives. And they're very careful to make sure that they don't film um, you know, anything that could be... Uh, difficult to look at, yeah. but also to blur images or adapt the video to ensure that nobody is identified or vehicles are not identifiable. Right. Um, and they're fantastic to deal with in terms of with our police officers who are trying to run a crime scene. They're yep. very respectful and they will work in tandem with our police officers to say, can we film here? Are you ready for us now? We'll just stand back. Um, and over 12 years, that's a relationship that's been developed. And you've gotten that positive feedback from the folks on your force that are that have maybe didn't plan to be on camera now here they are responding to an incident and the cameras are there yeah it, at first i think they were a little nervous sure. um, and we've been very cautious about making sure that we have the right people who are want to be involved um, the one constable that we had that did the day in the life we made sure that he was comfortable yeah. with having a camera with yeah. him and he just did an exceptional job he really comes across as uh, a caring individual, which he really is, mm -hmm. and I, I say that the only thing he's missing is the Mr. Rogers cardigan, because he really comes <laughs> across as somebody's grandpa, and he talks about yeah. why it's important for him to do what he does, and it's mm -hmm. to help save lives and help people um, out on the road, and mm -hmm. I, I think that's really important, and I think that's one of the, the things that I, I really like about this partnership, is it really humanizes our police officers. Yeah. I think people often get that impression about police that were kind of robotic and and not approachable, and yeah. I'm hoping that this helps to humanize us a little bit yeah. as well. So it's not only that recruitment, retention, and highway safety, it's about a image campaign for, for law enforcement, which yeah. is timely. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. And you know, one of the great things about Highway Through Hell is before they air anything, they come to us and make sure that uh, they show us the video, that uh, they, their segment that they plan mm -hmm. on using, and I have fi you know final sign off on it to make sure that it is consistent with the messaging we want to get across, mm -hmm. that it doesn't tarnish the image of the RCMP or BC Highway Patrol mm -hmm. in any way, and that um, it protects the public's right to privacy so yeah. uh, and and they're very very respectful of that and they've just been excellent partners um, we actually have just done a little more filming with them we're now preparing for the 13th season that's going to air next fall or winter and uh, we j did a large-scale impaired driving campaign across the province of BC where we had uh, 55,000 vehicles checked in one night we had 228 check stops uh, 430 police officers across the province uh, we took 222 impaired drivers off the highway in wow. one night um, and we just got incredible national media coverage and highway through hell was filming at a couple of different locations and yeah. they'll be using that in a future episode oh that's great yeah that's great. um so it's, when you talk about that image of law enforcement mm -hmm. the um the challenges that say highway safety and law enforcement have had in the u.s is no secret particularly the past three three years now uh, is there a similar shift happening in Canada? Have you experienced some of those public-facing challenges that you've watched your U.S. colleagues have to go through the last few years? Initially, I would say yes. Um, we had a lot of people who equated what was going on in the U.S. with what you know, Canadian policing was about. Yeah. But I think that that sentiment has really shifted back to be far more... Uh, supportive of us. Mm -hmm. Now, not necessarily in the media, but increasingly we have more and more studies that are coming out that people 
continue to support policing and mm -hmm. that's not unique to Canada I've seen them for the US as well yeah. so while the media may be incredibly <laughs> negative about us I don't know that the public necessarily feels that way yeah. and uh, but I, I can say that we certainly have a slightly different environment than what I hear from my American yeah. colleagues um, in terms of policing and those roadside stops uh, but we also have a different culture around firearms and violence mm -hmm. um, in general, I think, that allows us to be, I think, a little more human with people in vehicle stops, which I think maybe contributes to slightly different interactions in Canada as well. Are you basically getting to the, you know, the idea that your officers, though certainly at risk, the culture of someone walking up to a vehicle after you've pulled them over, the chances of someone being there with the anticipation of violence or having a firearm in the vehicle is just less common in the Canadian culture. I would say that that is the case yeah. um, based on when you look at the data. That doesn't mean that they you know, don't employ proper officer safety of course. Um, practices. And you've had some horrific tragedies that you've had to work through. 100%, but certainly we don't have them with the frequency that you see them in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think that... As a result, while we use officer safety, I think we are less, I'm not sure what the right word is, but our interactions can be a little friendlier than what we may see with our U.S. colleagues. Right. Whereas U.S. colleagues might, unfortunately, right, every time they approach a vehicle, they're preparing for the worst. Yes. And you're able to walk into it presuming a positive, safe interaction. Well, I mean, we need to be careful about that. We want to make sure. Not I mean, in a naive way. Yeah, absolutely, yes. yes. I mean, there's a, we need to find that balance between officer safety and being so overly vigilant that our interactions are, yeah. you know, not as positive as they could be. Right. And I think, I think perhaps maybe in Canada we can balance a little better. Um, but uh, certainly I will say that I think that um, the environment around police public interaction is more positive in Canada and yeah. we don't see legislation being introduced to try oh, and reduce to that stop contact. you you're not allowed to do Correct. traffic stops and things of that nature that some jurisdictions have had to manage here absolutely yeah. and in the discussions at these AMVA meetings with our law enforcement partners yeah. I realized that we have significantly more latitude on the grounds that we need to pull over a vehicle in Canada. Um, so, oh, interesting. Yeah, we, we actually have the ability to pull vehicles over simply to ensure that the person has a valid driver's license and insurance. You don't we need don't, cause, essentially. Correct. I mean, typically, we don't pull people over for Just that, for the fun of it. but we right. do have that ability <laughs> right. uh, within our case law to do that. Oh, fascinating. Um, but typically, obviously, we're looking for offenders sure. and, and offenses to have been committed in front of us. Yeah, And I imagine just the practical nature of the resource challenge, you only have the ability probably to deal with, there's enough people that have reason to be pulled over, we don't have the time to deal with people that don't have reason to be pulled over. <laughs> Typically, yes, unless yeah. we're doing check stops, right? Different, yes, and, where that's uh, the purpose of the campaign to, to do those check stops. Yeah. Correct. We also have you know some legislation that is um, very unique uh, in comparison with our U.S. colleagues. So we have mandatory alcohol screening. So we don't need any reason at all other than to have a vehicle stop and we can demand a sample of breath. Mm. Um, so we can do a lot of other impaired work um, that some of our U.S. colleagues yeah. may not have the ability to do. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is fundamental to the role of government and the public culture around what they expect government to do for them and are allowed to do for them. That's just kind of more embedded into the Canadian 
government environment versus the United States going all the way back to its founding. Uh, I would have to agree with that, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One thing, though, that is probably more on par is kind of what we were talking about earlier, which are those recruitment challenges. Yes. And so what, or is it on par? I should pose more of a question. Are you finding, as you talk to your U.S. colleagues, the same reason that it's a challenge to get new individuals interested in this law enforcement line of work? Is it the similar reasons that you hear from the U.S. colleagues, or is there anything unique about Canadians wanting to or interested or not interested in a law enforcement career? I think there are absolutely similarities. I mean, I think policing in general has taken a bit of a black eye over the last few years. Mm -hmm. And certainly I think people have rethought whether or not that might be something that they're interested yeah. in doing for a profession. Um, what I will say is that I think one of the things that has hampered us in Canada is that we have not been, uh, as the RCMP, particularly proactive about recruiting for a long time. And that's something that we're changing. And um, so, I think what we will see is that our, just by changing our proactive recruiting uh, activities, mm -hmm. we're going to see an increase, and we are already seeing that. We never, as BC Highway Patrol, used to be involved in any recruiting, and now we are going to events all the time talking about what we do, and we are finding that the applications are increasing, and we're not the only ones in the province of BC. Yeah. Other RCMP officers are doing that, and we're working on advertising campaigns. We're leveraging social media in a big, mm. big way, mm -hmm. and um, you know, linking it to activities. So when we did our massive, large-scale impaired driving campaign on December 2nd, we leverage social media, putting out pictures and um, you know brief stories mm -hmm. on all of the things that we were doing and the fact that we had involved all of the police agencies in BC, but that BC Highway Patrol was leading it. Yeah. And um, we get great feedback. And we're finding that when we now hold those recruiting sessions, we're getting more and more people signing up to attend. Yeah. So we're doing something right. And I'd like to think that Highway Through Hell is part of that, um, part, of, part of our efforts. Nice. And in the retention side, how are you doing there in Canada? Are folks, once they're in the system, they're, they're staying, they're having a career? Or you have people that have decided, you know what, this maybe wasn't what I thought it was going to be? I think the retention rates in Canada in law enforcement in general are generally very, very high. Mm -hmm. And in the RCMP, they're very high. Um, so I don't know that retention was ever an issue. In the BC Highway Patrol, I can say that that's probably not the biggest issue right. for us, it's other than a lot of our guys are aging out, and they're not aging out, but they're choosing to retire. Sure. Um, so trying to But at a natural phase, not, you know, 100%. an earlier jump in bailing ship. And that's so right. it's more about getting the new folks into the pipeline. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I think the big thing for us is, um, with our new officers is trying to attract them. And I think Highway Through Hell and some of the yeah. other pieces that we're doing, going to motorcycle shows um, and where some of these police officers may be um, and or potential police officers and they can see the motorbikes that we ride and you know some of the things that we do will also attract them to join our program yeah. where apparently we're pretty good at keeping them on board. That's good. Now, and I know you mentioned earlier about the unique nature of different types of roads and weather conditions across British Columbia. Um, I think for those who haven't been there, certainly they think of Vancouver, uh, they might think of some skiing destinations, but BC is a little bit larger than I think maybe most of our listeners could appreciate. Yeah, I'll put that into context for 
for some folks who may not know much about BC? Sure. I mean, BC is a huge province. Uh, we are the same size as California, Oregon, and Washington combined. combined. Wow. Um, and so in the southern half of BC, we're quite heavily populated around the Vancouver area. Yeah. It becomes a little less... Um, uh, densely populated sure. in the rest of the province, but we have roads all the way up to the Yukon and Alaska. Mm -hmm. um, so we have significant geography to try and cover. Um, it's a big province and it is varied. Uh, we have Vancouver, which has weather similar to Seattle, mm -hmm. uh, but then we have Northern BC that has weather similar to what you would see in Alaska and the Yukon. Wow. So um, it's a real variety. And so it's a challenge for me as a officer in charge, uh, as the officer in charge of the BC Highway Patrol to try and manage different areas that have mm -hmm. such different traffic volumes and patterns. Mm -hmm. We have guys who are in some of our more remote areas and they may only see one or two vehicles an hour. Wow. Uh, so, But you still have to be there. We have to be there. And then the, the reverse of that is true as well, where I have people who are working on the highways outside of Vancouver mm -hmm. and they are seeing 100,000 100, vehicles go by them a day. Yeah. And it's much more similar to what you would see on a freeway right. in some of the bigger states here in the U.S. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. So uh, let me wrap this up by going back to Highway Through Hell and your experience. Mm -hmm. I assume before that you had not spent much time as a on-air personality. <laughs> so what was that experience like for someone who came up through a law enforcement career and now all of a sudden you've got a camera on you, lights, the whole, the whole deal? How did that feel as an experience? Uh, at first, incredibly unnerving, yeah. uh, but actually very cool. Um, they are just a fantastic crew to deal with. And uh, fortunately, none of it is live, which is the live stuff always freaks me out. because uh, Take two, so, take three. Well, uh, let's go one more time. Yes, invariably, uh, there are times when my mouth is in gear before my brain, so I didn't have to worry about that <laughs> since it's all uh, recorded uh, and then cut afterwards. But it's just a fantastic experience. And, um, you know, for me, it's so important to try and convey that road safety message mm -hmm. and to really portray the the very interesting and cool parts of being BC Highway Patrol and it's such a great platform so regardless of what my personal feelings are about talking to the media or or dealing um, with a video camera in my face it's all worth it yeah. and they did it in such a such a professional and sensitive way and they were so good with me yeah. they were just amazing to That's deal awesome. with yeah great. so Highway Through Hell Discovery Channel you can find it online more seasons are coming soon Absolutely. I've never, I've never really done a podcast where we're, you know, promoting like the next season's coming soon, like a real entertainment podcast. You know, I've got a, you know, the star of Highway Through Hell is with us this week. <laughs> well, I don't know about You're the a star, star in my eyes, Holly. All <laughs> right, I'll take it. All right, thanks for coming on and chatting with us a little bit about what's going on, and definitely a unique, uh, a unique opportunity that you know some other agencies might start looking at as well to not necessarily be afraid of something unusual like reality TV. Perfect. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening this week. Thanks to our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Till next week, stay well. Thank you for joining us for AmbaCast, hosted by Ian Grossman, produced by Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin, music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.